This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. So glad to have you on a Wednesday drive. Steve Forbes blasted his team after a loss to Notre Dame last night. We'll get to those comments in a bit. But we're three days out on what I believe is going to be the strangest Duke Carolina game of our lifetimes where there will be no fans in Cameron instead of the crazy graphics splitting the last 100 meetings 50-50 that we were used to seeing every year. Both teams are unranked in the matchup for the first time in 61 years. Rather than riding high into February and facing off in a game that you know would have significant ACC ramifications, Both are coming off bad losses from the last two days. It's amazing. Even in down times, Duke and Carolina are more alike than they're different. You look at the way they've lost the last few days. I'm of the belief not every single game has to mean something large. I get 24-hour sports stations such as this one and sports networks. You got to feel content you got to talk about what it means for a coach or a player or a team. And sometimes they can mean something big. But last night I didn't think that with Clemson, North Carolina. I just thought it was a young team that, from time to time, is going to play inexplicably bad. Sometimes Carolina's gotten away when they've played bad, gotten away with it, beating Miami and Coral Gables with the late bucket, beating Notre Dame with the leaky black runner at the very end. Last night, that didn't happen. And Clemson's a lot better than those other two teams I mentioned. Because of Duke and Carolina's youth, both teams are more susceptible to losses like Miami and to Clemson. The freshmen, they are so important in what Duke and North Carolina both do. Without those freshman players that they have, both are mediocre teams. If the freshmen aren't carrying Duke or elevating play, you're talking about Matthew Hurt, Jordan Goldwire, and who else? Wendell Moore being the go-to players. That's an above-average team. North Carolina, if it's not Caleb Love on his game or R.J. Davis, they were on Sharp is actually pretty good last night, but you get the idea what I'm talking about. You're having to lean heavy on Armando Baycott. You're playing that lower because Armando didn't play well in the game? Yeah, he stunk. Okay. Might as well just hit it again for good measure. We've now played that sound more than Armando shot the ball last night. 0 for 1 for one point in the game. It's It's an average basketball team. Roy Williams, he likes to say that by the time you get into February... He doesn't want to hear about youth. By the time you get to February, freshmen aren't really freshmen anymore. Usually, I'd subscribe to that. It'd be an excuse to say, oh, this team's still young when you're talking about February. This year, I don't think that's the case. These teams, they're more young. Six out of the ten UNC players, they're freshmen in the the rotation the Tar Heels have. For Duke, you're talking about the same deal, except... 
Going into February, you're normally 21, 22 games in at that point. This year, Duke's played 13, North Carolina's played 17. That matters. It's fewer games. So, yes, I think you can have the inexplicable shrug shoulders. Where did that game come from? Let's go to Phillip in Winston-Salem. Question of the day that we have here. Rihanna or Beyonce? Who would be a better halftime show? Robert was telling me he'd take Rihanna 10 times out of 10 over Beyonce, which stirred things up a bit. Let's go to Philip in Winston-Salem that has a halftime suggestion. This weekend, it will be the weekend. What's your suggestion, Philip? Well, I've always thought that Pink would be a great halftime show because she's had lots of hits. And who doesn't want to hear, let's get, let's get the party started at the Super Bowl? I agree with that. Thank you for the call, Philip. It is the brand of music that matters most. It's not necessarily your level of celebrity. Didn't you see the story that the NFL reached out to Adele two years ago to see how interested she'd be in the halftime show? She had enough awareness to think, aside from rolling in the deep, that's probably not the best fit. My favorite band, Coldplay, did not have that self-awareness, and we had a really bad halftime show five years ago. I think Pink works. Underrated, a lot of hits. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I would be offended by Pink. Big football fan, loves the Eagles, so I'm about that, and we could take more of those submissions online. Bringing it back to Duke Carolina, though, it seems like perception suggests that North Carolina is better than this Duke team. That the Tar Heels, going into Saturday, they should be favorites going into Cameron Indoor Stadium. I think the only reason... It seems like North Carolina is better than Duke is because they played more games. For the same reason we talked about moments ago, they played four more games. That is a significant leg up. I'll give them that. But also, it might seem like a more wide gap between the two because North Carolina has simply won the toss-up games that Duke hasn't. These teams, this is another area, they're similar. More alike than they're different. North Carolina has played 10 games decided by 7 points or fewer. Duke has played, again, playing less games than the Tar Heels altogether, 7. North Carolina's record in those games, 6-4, and four, Duke 2-5. and five. If Duke were to pull out a close game or two out of that bunch and North Carolina were to lose a tight game out of that bunch, say Andrew Playtech doesn't hit the shot at the end against Miami, and Leaky Black doesn't hit the runner against Notre Dame, well, these teams are seen to be dead even. So my evaluation, it's not really that much different between Duke and North Carolina. I want to go as far to say they're spinning images of each other, spitting images of each other, because North Carolina is a lot bigger and deeper in the post than Duke is, which is an anomaly for Duke the way they've been constructed the last five years but they're more alike than they're different. Both teams in the last week have had their toughness challenged. Clemson, they bodied the Tar Heels in the paint. Roy Williams, he talks about rebounding more than any coach publicly I could think of. And even though they won the rebounding battle, they didn't get offensive boards. They only scored 18 points in the paint last night. Amir Sims, he was the best big man out of both teams combined. Couldn't stop, couldn't handle our, 
Armando Baycott, Armando Baycott got into foul trouble because he didn't match up well with the 6'8 big as versatile and flexible as Sims. Coach K, he literally said Duke was very soft on Monday. That's their toughness being challenged. So it seems like to me, three days out of Duke Carolina for the first time this year, production in the post is likely going to be the difference. Rebounding. Post scoring. That's going to be the difference between these two teams that are very similar. All right, let's shift things here to Steve Forbes. Who, boy. Steve Forbes was beside himself last night. More upset than he was after the NC State game. A game he called the most disappointed he's been since taking the wake job. More disappointed than he was after they got blown out at Georgia Tech. And really, any other loss. Notre Dame is one of the bottom four teams in the conference. And they handed it to Wake worse than anybody has this year. Rather than coddling and protecting his players in the post-game press conference, he went after them in a way you generally don't hear coaches do at this level. This is some of that sound. The root of the problem with our team is that we just have a team that's infected with the disease of me. We have way too many players on this team that are more concerned about scoring. And when they don't score, they bring nothing else to the table. And that's a, that's a problem. And when I walk in the locker room and losing doesn't really hurt that bad, that's why I'm here. It's stinging saying, oh, these guys are more about me than the team. And you have a lot of pro player media types out there saying, oh, Coach Forbes, he's out of line here. That's too far. Oh, the team's going to get mad at him, yada, yada, yada. I like this from Coach Forbes. And not in the way of, lay the hammer down, show some authority. No, this is evidence of Steve Forbes making the new standard for the Demon Deacons crystal clear. It's a new standard. I like different. When you've been doing something the same way, it seems like, for the last 10 years and it hasn't worked consistently, different's fine. Difference uncomfortable. There's going to be road bumps always when you try to change things up. I don't care what aspect of life you're talking about, certainly in basketball. It's not going to change completely the way you want to overnight, but I'm going to prefer that over much of the same. Status quo. Here's the new standard for the Deeks. This year, Coach Forbes, he can live with mistakes. What he can't live with or accept bad effort and players accepting defeat. Those are the two things he can't live with. This is what I'm sure Coach Forbes has told his team time and time again. You guys lost December. You're in a tough spot. You have a very difficult schedule to start ACC play. No team in the country has probably dealt with it as worse in major college basketball as you guys have. However... That's not an excuse not to try. It's not an excuse not to expect to win. Right? If you make mistakes, that's fine just as long as the effort's good. That seems to be a consistent, uh, a constant for Forbes in covering pretty much every game that he's had so far at Wake. 
He expects effort. He can live with the mistakes right now. This is in stark contrast to what we saw before. In fact, I'll put it this way. Last night felt like a reverting to the way things were the final two years of Danny Manning, which is why I'm sure Coach Forbes is so upset. Very little energy, second half, oh, we tried hard and made it a three-point game, but then they went on this run and we're just not going to fight back. We'll, we'll fight back and play hard till the end when it's at Duke and it's in Chapel Hill and it's in Virginia, these top teams. But since it's Notre Dame and it's Tuesday night and we've had to get on a plane for the first time in a month, eh, I think we're just going to mail this one in here. That should not happen to Notre Dame. Danny Manning would have never called out his players publicly that way. I don't think Jeff Bezdelic would have either. So I like different. Coach Forbes, we said this the day he had his opening press conference when we first got to know Coach Forbes. It's going to be exciting because he doesn't mind saying the thing that could be controversial, that might make people uncomfortable. It happened when he went after Kentucky. He had no issue doing that because he's not scared of Kentucky. They beat Kentucky when he was at Tennessee. They had the higher seed when he was at Wichita State. He's not scared of that. He's bringing blue collar to a place that's generally white collar, buttoned up, always be polite, don't be controversial, don't try to mix it up, don't call out your players publicly, don't do that. Steve Forbes said, to hell with it. This is the way we're going to do it now. And I'm interested to see if it's going to work. It's way too soon to say whether or not this is good or bad, but I got a good feeling next week's going to be telling. Because while there's a lot of changes in the ACC schedule with postponements and such, and Wake has the weekend off and will have a game as of right now, it doesn't look like they're going to get a game. So for the first time in ACC play, the Deeks are going to have a week to practice. And their next opponent's going to be Boston College, who, without a doubt in my mind, is the worst team in this conference. So they're going to Chestnut Hill, have a full week to stew on this kind of loss with Coach Forbes making those type of comments. I want to see the way they come out. I'm really interested to see Wake Forest, Boston College. And I don't remember the last time I said that sentence. And now it really is my honor to talk about Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Fire up Madden, Robert. What Madden video game would this have been? Uh, I can't remember. Maybe like 18, 19, something like that. Robert doesn't like this song because it's been rammed through his head as the song that always plays when you open up the main menu of Madden a few years ago. Before I tell you the slam dunk acts for the Super Bowl next year, the weekend's going to be performing this weekend, a year from now, I'll tell you four acts that I'm quite frankly surprised haven't already gotten Super Bowls. This tweet from Adam Schefter terrified me. Robert gets notifications from Schefter, so I'm sure you've already read it, but he just sent out, there were over 20 Chiefs players and staffers, including Pat Mahomes, scheduled on Sunday to get a haircut with the barber who tested positive for COVID per sources. The Chiefs acted wisely and aggressively and pulled the barber mid-cut once his test results came in. I thought 
when I first read the tweet just passing by that 20 players, including Pat Mahomes, tested positive, not the case. The Chiefs acted aggressively there. I do have to know, though, what player was getting his hair cut and had the barber pulled away mid-cut. How did that look? I'd like to imagine it's Tyreek Hill. Because he has the most interesting hairdo, I think, among those on the Kansas City Chiefs, right? What's his hairdo? He's got it, like, cut on the sides. He's had designs on the side of his head cut there. Um, in the past, maybe it's it's been different. Some hair. I guess it wouldn't really matter most of the time because of the, you know, the helmet being on, playing football. You don't really see these guys' hair do that often. Patrick Mahomes, obviously his hair. He's in the heads, head and shoulders ad, I think. Him and Troy Palomalu. Why is Troy Palomalu still in these ads? He's got great hair. He does have great hair. Question asked, question answered. So we'll continue to follow that as we move along here. Here are the acts, though, Robert. We got Kenny Williams going to join us in 10 minutes. Here are the acts I think would be slam dunk Super Bowl halftime shows. Drake. Yeah, that's a, as soon as I saw this segment, I was like, if he doesn't say Drake, then what's the point? It would be, it's time. It would be the first all-hip-hop halftime show we've ever had. See, hip-hop's only been an ancillary piece to these halftime shows. A few years ago, it was Big Boy and Travis Scott with Maroon 5. You have Diddy and Nelly as a piece of the halftime show that MTV put on with Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. We've never seen hip-hop be front and center dominating the whole show, but if anybody could do it, it's Drake. The problem would be just trying to narrow it down to eight or nine songs. That's going to be a really difficult deal. If you just put out eight or nine songs from the last five years, that's still going to be a really difficult task. Second one, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, crossover appeal, country, pop, one of the biggest stars out there, ton of hits, been around for a while. Most people like Taylor Swift. I'm here for it. Robert, you don't seem to be a fan of this. Yeah. Uh, what's she going to do, sing Teardrops on My Guitar? Probably not. I, it just doesn't seem very Super Bowly to me. She is a star, and she has a lot of name recognition. It's just... Probably don't play the country songs, then. Yeah, probably no country, probably no folk, probably no none of the new yeah, stuff. None of the stuff she put out last year or the country stuff. Yeah, it's going to be like the middle. Yeah, I'm just... That's very on brand for you. At 32, she's going to be singing 22. That's what she's going to be doing. Third one, Rihanna. If Beyonce got one... This is a legitimate argument that people have had over the last few years. If you're looking for, they do the versuses or verses on Instagram. Don't know how to make that plural. I guess versus will just fit that bill. Verses. Verses. Thank you. <laughs> Beyonce versus Rihanna. How does that go? Only because I'm not scared of blowback, I would take Rihanna 10 times out of 10. I don't think most people would be pushing back on you there. Because maybe by sheer volume, Beyonce might have you. But if you're talking about who can produce the best 12 minutes, it very well might be Rihanna. 
I still think Umbrella is the best song that's been written the last 20 years. And not to take away from Rihanna, but I feel like she would be able to put the best group performance on with like her associated acts. Like you could go Umbrella, have the Jay-Z part, switch into Run This Town, have Jay-Z and Kanye, have Kanye with Rihanna for a song, and then she start and finish it by herself. Like She would have the best associated acts. That would be, we can agree, the most interesting halftime show if they just gave it to Kanye. I Can you imagine? I would you, love it. I would love it too, but can you imagine the NFL trusting Kanye on live television given the biggest platform in sports? I mean, probably not. He's been shown that you can't trust him on live television. Probably not, but I will say this about Kanye. Anybody associated with Saturday Night Live over the last 15 years or so have said Kanye West is the best musical act to bring in because... He's so attentive, so attentive to every single piece. It's more rehearsing than any other act does. It takes days for him to put together those two or three musical acts that you see. It's the most creative thing. It probably be, it's truly, it's like North Carolina last night. High ceiling, high reward. It could either be you're crushing teams or you're losing to Clemson and Armando Baycott is scoring just one point, shooting one shot. So, high risk, high reward. I'm not a big fan of the associate acts. I know you like the associate acts, Robert, but I, I like it when it's just one artist who could carry the entire thing. Like Lady Gaga a few years ago. Thought that was really good. Justin Timberlake. Um, I really liked Bruno. I didn't want the Red Hot Chili Peppers there. Thought it would have been better if it was just one. Beyonce, Prince. You don't really need... Like, this is what I'm talking about. If it's a slam dunk, you don't need anybody else. And I don't think Rihanna does. I really don't. And here's the last one. This is probably going to be the one you push back on the most. Bieber. Bieber's music fits. The stuff he's done the last five or six years, I'll admit it. It's good. I like it. Yummy I like was good. Okay, I didn't like Yummy. I'll admit I didn't the like last, Yummy. I'm about to pull it up now. You're okay. right. I'm pushing back hard as Sorry. Um, trying to think Sorry of more songs. Sorry came out like four years ago. That was five years ago. Five years ago. That's what I said. Last That's five or last six years. the song he came out with was Sorry. Uh, what do you mean? That's a good song. He did I'm the not one talking with about DJ. it wasn't good. I'm he saying He did the song with DJ ago. Khaled. I like, I like Justin Bieber. I'll admit it. God, he's I like, the, the only way that works is with associated acts. You're probably right there. I'll agree with you. But I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. It just sounds right. All right, what Justin was a Bieber's good song a off his 2020 Changes album? Let's go to Mark in Greensboro. 336-777-1600, the phone number. Mark, uh, who should be the halftime show next year for the Super Bowl? I, I called in because I was all, I like literally ripped my sunglasses off when you were like, oh, Rihanna's 10 times better than Beyonce. I, I did not like, say oh, that. I did not say Rihanna's ten times sorry. better than Beyonce. I said I would choose her ten times out of ten. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Robert said I, that. I wasn't even thought. Yeah, one of you dummies said it, and it, and it pissed me off. So I was like, "You're gonna try to tell me that uh, Umbrella's better than like these ten songs? Partition, Love on Top, Drunken Love. I mean, you can keep going. Single Ladies, Irreplaceable. There's no way. I love you. Irreplaceable. Would murder her in a versus thing. Wow. It wouldn't even be close. Wow. You know what? We'll ask. This will be. The first question we ask Kenny Williams. First question Please. we ask Kenny Williams. We'll see where he stands on this very important issue. Thank you for the call, Mark. See what Kenny Williams thinks.
Because I'm going to back you on this here, Robert. I think Rihanna, Rihanna has the better starting five than Beyonce does. Beyonce has more to go off, go to off the bench. Yeah, nobody, and and I'm not saying Rihanna's the bigger star. You obviously. said ten times out of ten. I'm just saying I would choose Rihanna. Okay. Ten times out of ten. I didn't say anything about her being ten times or. All the, these, what did we talk about earlier? Twitter doctors? I'm t- tired of all these caller, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Whoa, Robert doesn't want anybody disagreeing with him. I, I welcome the disagreement. I'm fine with the disagreement. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to have an opinion, Robert, and stick to it. It's like last night, hearing from a bunch of folks when I said this North Carolina-Duke matchup coming up Saturday is the Arby's of Duke Carolina games. You have people say, what about the curly fries and the beef and cheese? I- I'm sorry. I said it. I meant it. That's what you have to say, Robert. Don't you know, tell you me could, what to do. You could call in here and tell me that I'm wrong, but here, you know what? Rihanna, 10 times out of 10. I don't know how you made this into a holier-than-thou thing, but you It's did. not holier-than-thou. You just got to stick I to your gun. My, I own my stuff. <laughs> I don't like Arby's, and I stand by that. Why am I foghorn like horn? Uh, you're sloopy dog today. Woo! Let's talk about a team that looked like Sloopy Dog's team to take the Roy Williams turn, the Tar Heels. And continuing this series of former Tar Heels and Blue Devils joining us in Duke Carolina week, we'll welcome Kenny Williams to the show next. Everybody, listen up. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. I can't believe this. This is insane. Joining us from the G League bubble now, Kenny Williams in the series that we've done this week of former Tar Heels and Blue Devils joining us ahead of the first Duke Carolina game. It started with B-Rob joining us on Monday, yesterday, Javin Delorier, K-Dubs with us now. Tomorrow it's going to be Vernon Carey. Friday, I think, we're going to chat with David Noel. So we got a lot of hoops to get through throughout the week. But talking about Super Bowl Sunday... We were talking about acts we'd like to see potentially next year since the weekend's got it this year. And I brought up Rihanna. That'd be a slam dunk. And Robert went as far to say, 10 times out of 10, I tick Rihanna over Beyonce, which made people upset. And I put the poll question out on social media. If it's a versus, who would win between Beyonce and Rihanna? And I've looked it up. I've gone to Billboard's website during the commercial break. And what I found might surprise you. As a solo act, Beyonce's had seven number one hits. Rihanna, 14 number one hits. Kenny Williams, I don't know how we started at this place instead of getting into hoops. Hope you're well in the bubble. But if you could have... Actually, let's just put it in this context because that's the context I put it out to the audience. If it's a versus, who do you got, Beyonce or Rihanna? Uh, I man, mm. see, I think I think you give Beyonce the edge because she's put out more stuff recently. It's been years since Rihanna's put out anything, so um, that's why I would give Beyonce the edge. All right, he's going with Beyonce. I can respect that. On Twitter at kwill underscore twenty four, you could shoot him a follow and let you let him know what you think of his Beyonce Rihanna takes here. Let's start. Let's talk about your heels though. 
after a loss last night, which was a rough loss for North Carolina, I'm interested in how Roy uh, approaches the team afterwards. Does he talk about this game at, proc- at practice the next day or just flush it and move on? Uh, well, he's never he's never been one to, you know, to store it away and move on, um, no matter what game is next. Uh, you know, there's always some learning that you can get from it, um, especially with was three days between. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the sole the sole focus isn't on the on the next game isn't until really the day before. So, you know, I don't know what their schedule looks like, whether they're practicing today or not. But, you know, I'm I would imagine there's some kind of, some type of film session in there. Um and it's probably gonna be longer. And then uh, you know, Work on those things, and then, you know, the next day, then it's all Duke. It'll be all Duke, you know. They know what game's next, uh, the coaches and the players, but you can't just let a game like that just go by the wayside and just forget about it. you got to learn something from You have to get something from that game, and I think that comes from, you know, watching film and, you know, getting those things that you want better to get those better. When – when is Roy most upset? During games, at practice, or in film session? Uh, definitely, I would say during games. Um, because, uh, you know, those are things that you can work on. I mean, those are things that, the things that you, especially when there's things that you focus on that you don't really execute, uh, you know, and that anger can, you know, dribble over into the next day. But, you know, at some point he knows that, you know, there's another game coming and he has to get the team ready for that. But I think it's definitely more so during games because, you know, you plan for it and they spend so much time on the scouting reports and so go out and, and lay an egg. Uh, like yesterday, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. Do you have a favorite Roy-ism? I'm sure there are guys in the locker room who have impressions. Most most players I talk to, uh, either for Duke or Carolina or whatever team, they if they've been around long enough, they have certain sayings or things they get from their coach that stick with them. You, you were around Roy for four years, so when you think about it, last night he dropped one I never heard before. He's talking about this is not uh, – Sloop Dogs team. I've never heard that one before. Uh, when Kenny Williams thinks Royisms, what comes to mind first? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I don't necessarily have a favorite or one that you know first comes to mind because uh, there's a lot, honestly. Um, Dad gum, little <laughs> nut. There's there's a, there's a number of those things there. Uh, I'm sure you can get to. Honestly, you know, one of the first things that. Probably, probably Dagum. Dagum is probably the the, the go to, the signature. Uh, but the amount of times that he's telling us to rebound, you can even throw that in there, honestly. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna make sure to focus on the details when it comes to boxing out and rebounding, which is something I'm sure he was really upset about last night uh, and how Clemson was successful on the boards. Kenny Williams with us here, former Tar Heel. Let's look at the the Duke Carolina rivalry back in the day. North Carolina and Duke, I'm talking like the 70s, the 80s, even parts of the 90s, 
they would play pickup games. They would play pickup games between each other because they know each other and they're so close. Does that still happen or did that happen when you played? No, no, not at all. Did you know any of the guys personally, though? Uh, not really. Um, you know, there, there was a, you know, some being cordial, just out of respect. Um, but I didn't really have any, like, friendships with any of the guys. Who is Roy more annoyed by, Duke or NC State? <laughs> Definitely NC State. Yeah. See, I think a lot of people, they hear Roy talk about State, and you, you'll still have the Carolina fans say, oh, it's not a rivalry and all that. Well, if the coach says it's a rivalry and it bothers him, I think there might be a legit argument there. But looking again at the Duke-Carolina deal, um, I thought it was really cool last summer when both programs, after the death of George Floyd, really stepped up and did, I think, probably more than most of the college programs you'd see across the country with the videos that they put out. And you were a part of the video that they put out uh, that North Carolina did with all the national champions still living from the championship teams, even way back to the 50s with Lenny Rosenbluth involved with it. Since it is Black History Month, I'm just interested. How often did you and your teammates, when you were on campus, discuss social issues and the best way to utilize your platforms? Um, you know, we, we would discuss things, uh, you know, when things happen, we would definitely discuss them as a team. Um, and sometimes even coach would be included in them. And, you know, it just like when, you know, people, for example, were kneeling and things like that, you know, uh, you know, coach, (laughs) he, he, I mean, he brought everybody together and, you know, he just said that he didn't want anybody to surprise him. So if we felt we had any feelings toward anything, just talk to him about it. Um, so his door was always open to talk about those things. But, um, you know, we would discuss things as a team. And, um, you know, of course, you know, we never did anything like they did this this summer. Um, but it was, it was never anything that, you know, happened that didn't get discussed um, by us as a team or, you know, by everybody. Um, so it definitely it was definitely a talking point. Uh, between everybody just to, you know, just so we, everybody was educated, everybody, you know, knew what was going on and nobody was just, uh, you know, in the dark about the country, um, the state of the country and the world, I guess. But you always felt you could go to coach. Oh yeah, for sure. That was, you know, his, his, you walk through the, uh, through the offices on the, on any given day and his, his door is open. If you, if you catch him, he'll he'll talk to you. He'll sit you down and talk to you. So I think that was one of the best things is that, you know, he never was inaccessible. He was always accessible to talk if you needed to. So that's one of the best things about Coach. Kenny Williams with the San Antonio Spurs organizations in the G League bubble. We were talking with Javin Deloria yesterday. who's in the bubble as well, and Vernon's there with the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, they were talking about bringing their consoles – into quarantine how did you go about spending the quarantine time in orlando um well i bought i definitely brought my playstation i i left my my dad convinced me to leave my five at home um 
I was lucky enough to grab a five before I left, but he convinced me to leave it at home, and it was brand new, so it was easy for me to make that decision. I didn't want to travel with or anything yet. Um, so I got my, I've got my PlayStation 4 with me, uh, but a lot of my you know quarantine time was spent uh, reading um, and just relaxing. Like, cause I know like coming up, it's going to be like a, a super grind. Um, you know, we're going to try to knock out, we're going to have to knock out 15 games in in less than 30 days. Yeah. So, you know, just got to rest your, rest my mind and my body as much as possible to get ready for this, uh, get ready for this long haul, I guess, this month of, you know, just straight games. But you're so all, that was, that was my. Sorry to interrupt you, but, but you're all quarantined, Kenny, and most of you guys, I imagine, have consoles. Are you guys playing each other since you guys all know you're in the same spot? Maybe firing up Call of Duty, maybe some uh, uh, 2K. So my my teammates they they've gotten on the Call of Duty, um, the Warzone. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not good at that, so Neither am I don't I. even try. I don't even have it on my game. Um, so I just let them have it, and I just stick to playing a little franchise on Madden by myself. Wow, franchise on Madden. I'm trying to think, Robert, which which team would be the best team to rock with if you're playing Madden? So you're a Ravens fan. Lamar's always great playing in the Madden video games, right? Yeah, he's a cheat. Uh, the Chiefs are a cheat. Uh, it, it depends what difficulty you're on. Are you on all Madden, or do you just try to go for stats? All Madden. That's what I like to hear. I respect that. I respect that from Kenny. What What's the team you're rolling with, though? So I like to give myself a little challenge in okay. franchise. I've I've done a couple franchises. I've done one with the Steelers. Those are my they're my favorite team, so I've done one with them. Uh, but I just started a new one when I got to Orlando with the Chargers, just to give myself a challenge of a rookie quarterback, uh, a different team. So. Um, yeah, I'm rolling with the Chargers right now, Justin Hebert, or Herbert, Justin Herbert. There you go, Justin Herbert getting it done for Kenny Williams' franchise team in Orlando. Well, good luck in the bubble, man. I appreciate you spending time here. I'm sure we'll be catching up sometime soon, and we'll see what the Tar Heels, what they come up with on Saturday against Duke. Appreciate you visiting with us, my friend. Yes, sir, thank you. There you go, it's Kenny Williams on Twitter at KWill underscore 24, former Tar Heel. Where are we going to? When it comes to Duke and Carolina, since we're talking about former Tar Heels and former Blue Devils, specifically to this year, I'll tell you why this week proved that they're more alike than they are different. I'll tell you what I mean next on The Drive. Turn it up! They came to see us! Let's go! Back to The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. A few questions for you in the audience today. Regarding the Super Bowl halftime show, who would you like to see be the halftime show next year? We got the weekend this time around. I thought Drake, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, and Justin Bieber would be slam dunk picks. Robert thinks that Miley Cyrus might be one to consider. Who would win a versus between Beyonce and Rihanna? 64% of the vote so far on social media says Rihanna to this point. We've got the National Signing Day spelling bee since today is the official National Signing Day. What happened in December where most of the business is now conducted is the start of the early signing period where kids can 
sign early right after the season ends and right before the start of bowl season. Another question throwing out there, the best Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. Because to roll through the list real quickly, I think it goes in this order. Michael Jackson, 93, that's going to be the fifth best halftime show. Really set the bar for, elevated the bar for the halftime shows. U2 in 2002, post 9-11, that's a really memorable one. When Bono opens up the jacket and you have all the names of the 9-11 victims, um, those who passed away in the tragedy, uh, displayed above the stage. Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think that's the third best one in 2014. It would be number two if the Red Hot Chili Peppers weren't a part of it. Love the Chili Peppers, but they weren't really fitting there. Clearly, the NFL thought Bruno wasn't a big enough name, and they guessed wrong. Probably have the same household name factor as The weekend does now. Bruno, six, seven years ago. Beyonce, 2013, New Orleans. Some 49er fans believe that Beyonce cost their team the Super Bowl because the lights went out, and that's when the Ravens staged a comeback against San Francisco. Really, it was that phantom hold call that never got called on Jimmy in the end zone, but who cares, right? There you go. Peak of her powers, reuniting Destiny's Child, so many hits. And Prince 2007 is the best one. In the Rain, the FAMU Band, Purple Rain. I mean, you have these these dancers wearing heels, dancing on a stage that's slick in the rain, and nothing went wrong at all. It actually enhanced it. Uh, just leads to the legend of Prince. He's covering songs. I wish more people would do that. So those are the best halftime shows in my mind. Let's dive into... The National Signing Day Spelling Bee. Robert, were you a good speller growing up? Uh, I wasn't bad. I, I never won a spelling bee, but I think I lost in like the finals sometimes. Hmm. Do you remember words that might have gave you issues? Uh, giraffe. Yeah, I only put one F. Yours was squirrel. Squirrel's yep. tough. That one hurts. I love giraffes and squirrels, but... Spelling it back in third grade still sticks with me. Let's get into the National Signing Day Spelling Bee where I have names here. Five players from ACC Big Four schools that you have to try and attempt to spell, Robert. Are you ready? All of a sudden, I'm swept over by anxiety. This music does not help. First name, NC State offensive guard Chandler Zavala, 6'5", 325, from Woodbridge, Virginia. Chandler Zavala. Are you saying Zavala or Zafala? Zavala. Chandler Zavala. Chandler does not scare me. I think I have that down, but I could also mess that up. Zavala. Ugh, that's killing me because it could either end with an A or an A-H. So I'm, I'm going to take a swing here. Chandler, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R. Zavala, Z-A-V-A-L-A-H. Zavala. 
You added an H. Ah, uh, no H. Ah, oh, you idiot. How dare you? Chandler Zavala is C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R-Z-A-V-A-L-A. Uh. Chandler Zavala. Mm. That's the first one. Second name. North Carolina wide receiver. Kobe Paysauer. 61-175 from Gaffney, South Carolina. That is Kobe Paysauer. Now, it, it, I'm trying to decide whether it's Paysauer or Pace Hour. I'm going to take your phonetics for truth that it's Paysauer. And I'm also going to pray that his name Kobe is spelled... Kind of like beans. Beans? Kobe Bean Bryant? Oh. Gotcha. Uh, I got five of these to do? Yeah. Woof. Uh, let's just roll the dice. K-O-B-E-P-A-Y-S-O-U-R. Oh, wow. You got it. That was right. Okay. Kobe... Pay Sour, K O B E, P A Y S O U R. Nice. Pay Sour from North Carolina. So you're on the board. One wrong, one right. I'm sure things aren't going to get more difficult. <laughs> Here is a, a Wake Forest signee. <laughs> Spell that. Third name Wake Forest Safety. <laughs> Joshua Sosanya. 62180 from Wakefield High School in Raleigh. Wake Safety, Joshua Sosanya. Mm. All right. Uh, I can't remember what video game she's off of, but Sonya used to be a badass. I think it was in Tekken. Might have been in Mortal Kombat. I'm not really sure. Uh, Joshua Sosanya. The, the problem is, I don't know if it's going to spell like it sounds. Ah, uh, so Sonya, let's give it a shot. Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A. So Sonya, S-O-S-O-N-Y-A. Uh, so Sonya's S-O-S-A-M-Y-A. Uh, Sonya. That is Joshua. Uh. So, Sonya. Robert's not a big fan of Joshua. So, Sonya at Wake Forest right now. So, you got to get these next two. That's how this works here. I don't feel good about it. NC State wide receiver. Hey, you got North Carolina's wide receiver, right? NC State wide receiver, Jacoby Baldwin. He is... 61205 from Rockingham, North Carolina. Jacoby Baldwin. I feel less confident about a Jacoby than just a Kobe. I feel like this Kobe does not end with an E. This uh Jacoby. Jacoby. Baldwin. 
Jacoby Baldwin. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Baldwin. This is Baldwin's really tripping me up. God, dude, I, I just don't want to mess this up because if I mess this one up, then it's all over with. Like, I, I there's no point even playing the last one. Like, I, these games offend me. Because just I, give me one. We get it. It's hard. Okay, Jacoby. J-A-K-O-B-E Baldwin B-A-L-D-W-I-N Oh, thank God. You got it! You got it! Which means you still have a shot! Thank God. Oh, One more left! I don't want to do this. Two right! Stop. Two wrong! Stop the kale. I don't want to National Signing Day Spelling Bee! Robert, you got this, man. Last name. Uh, Duke Safety. Placide. What? Dajungu. Yeah. Sungu. I hate you so much. He walks in my office this morning and is like, oh, it's not, it's not going to be any like, super hard ones. It's going to be mostly just like you just, you just spell them out, you know, really easy. To do, not Jacoby Sagawanje. I believe in you. Six foot, 170 from Arlington, Texas, Duke Safety, Placide Dejungu Sungu. <laughs> like, Placide Dejungu Sungu. S that is the Duke Safety. From Marlington, Texas. Can Robert salvage this? The final name of the National Signing Day Spelling Bee. Robert, such a competitor, gets really into these games to the point where it ruins his day if he doesn't win. It's like at the end of the show, too, so I can't even go home confident. I feel confident in the first name. Can I just hear you say the second name again? Duke Safety, Placide, Dejungu, Sungu. I'm sorry, this is annoying. Like, one more time. Placide Dejungu Sungu. I don't know why I added an H there at the end. Placide Dejungu Sungu. Okay. Alright. There you go. I, I in in my hint. head, if I was going to name my son Placide Dejungu Sungu, this is how I would spell it. Okay, let me hear it. Placide. P-L-A-C-I-D-E. Dejungu. D-J-U-N-G-U. I'm shaking. I'm literally shaking. Sungu. S-U-N-G-U. G-U. Robert got Shut it! Shut up. He got There's it! no way. There's Placide no the Jungu Sungu! There's no way. It is P-L-A-C-I-D-E-D-J-U-N-G-U-S-U-N-G-U! Placide uh, the Jungu Sungu! Uh, <laughs>
<laughs> Let's go! Robert did it! Oh, yes! Did you cheat like The Bachelor? <laughs> I did not cheat like The Bachelor. I really can't believe it. Like, I wish I would have had music ready for if I won this, but I totally expected you to hit me with a car crash at the end like this. I mean, I hit you with Placide to Chungu Sungu. <laughs> but, like, it, all right, that guy is forever I, my favorite Duke football player. He's from Duke, right? Yeah. My favorite Duke football player was a white receiver named Vernon something. Connor Vernon. Connor Vernon. It is no longer Connor Vernon. Now it is. How did I spell this? Placide Jungu Sungu. You are now my favorite Duke player. I hope you don't stink. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, right? No, I'm glad you pronounced it exactly because that that helped me more than you'll ever know. I I was like, I feel like if I can get the vowels. I think I got that right. Placide Jungu Sungu. If it's like Django, I think you're good. Yeah, that's really impressive what you did there. A little bit more difficult than squirrel and giraffe. Just a little bit. I wish I could go back to Miss Saferit in fourth grade and be Sup. and be like, hey, <laughs> remember when you get dropped giraffe on me? Spell Jungu Sungu, girl. What what elementary school is this? Uh, Northwest. Sup, Northwest. That's still a thing. Uh, should be. Best yeah. playground I've ever seen in an elementary school. What made it a... What made that a better playground than other playgrounds? Uh, They had, like, okay, first off, it was all, like, barriered off. So, like, this is the playground. But it was, like, massive. There was tire pyramids. And then, like, large wooden castles built. There was, like, uh, a thing you could jump on that was, like, a hanging chain. And you would run and jump on it. And it would glide you across the playground. Like, not far off the ground, but... Just a, a dope playground, but I think they tore it down because of the hazard, like splinters and kids falling off seven-foot scaffolds. I was thinking about this last week. I, I got lost looking for a restaurant on Haines, off Haines Mall Boulevard in Winston, and I ended up just parking my car, looking around on the maps in front of a Chuck E. Cheese, and it was kind of a bummer to see Chuck E. Cheese shut down, or at least it wasn't open when I was around there. And I started thinking, ball pits, that's still going to be a thing? I don't think so, but I mean, if there's, a way to, if there's a way to clean it, because like ball pits are basically the same thing as a foam pit, right? You ever been to a trampoline park? I've never been to a trampoline park, but Sarah Bradford once tried to surprise me with the trampoline park. I'm not great when it comes to trying to schedule surprise parties or anything of that sort, because odds are something's going to come up, especially during football season, which coincides with my birthday. But you didn't do the trampoline park thing? No, we didn't do it. That's what she was going to surprise me with. I'm not like a a huge into it, but one of the things that you do with those things is like jump off a trampoline into a large foam pit. Sure. So like foam pits, also disgusting. Compared to the ball pit? It's like plastic versus what? Foam. And the foam like rips apart and there'll be little pieces of foam and they get all over you and all over your clothes. Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant. And like I feel like it would soak up people's sweat and stuff. As a plastic, you could just... Hose them down with Lysol, wipe them out, put some new balls in, do something with it. I'm trying to think which restaurant used to have the best ball pits, best playgrounds within them. Because mm. Burger King used to have some ones. Let me tell you something. I got my ass beat at a Hain- at the Haynes Mall McDonald's ball pit as a little kid. <laughs> Hold on a second. I want to hear this story. I, I, How did you get your ass beat? At a- Let me paint the picture. Everyone calm down. 
How old is Robert Walsh? I'm probably four or five years old. Robert's four or five. He's at a ball pit, McDonald's ball pit, playground, and you got your ass beat how? Uh, top of the slide, uh, a kid was jamming up the line. I mean, tail as old as time. Somebody's scared to go down the slide. So I was like talking to him. And the kids behind me must have interpreted that, that I was holding up the line. So I got pushed down the slide face first, and I like tumbled, and it, it just it scared me about the inside slide game from then on. I was not about that. If I couldn't get out, I didn't want to be in there with other kids. I imagine it was one of those slides that if you had shorts on, and you went straight head first, you're probably going to have red <laughs> knees Oh yeah, and elbows. One of those slides that like, once you either got onto it or got off of it, you were going to shock somebody or shock yourself. Oh, yeah. All the time while I'm eating Burger King fries. Oh, my God. Fries. I, I remember losing nuggets in those things and being like, oh, I found my nugget in the ball pit, and then eating it like a... Like a, a <laughs> God, like kid, a sociopath. Kids are so gross. 